This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, this week your Clubhouse episode with Ashley and Kevin is with guest Kenzie Olds. Kenzie is one of the most talented and just amazing stylists that I've ever had the chance of meeting. She's been a stylist for Sue and just has done such incredible work. She chats all about her business, how she runs it, how she handles her clients, builds her wardrobe, gives styling advice for photographers. Such good information during this episode. So let's get started with Kenzie, Ashley, and Kevin. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for the Portrait System. Ashley, how are you today? I'm great, Kevin, and I'm so excited to have our guest, Kenzie Olt, who's Sue Bryce's wardrobe stylist here. I know we're going to have a great conversation. Welcome, Kenzie. Thanks for having me, guys. We've had the pleasure of having your teammate and partner in crime, Brio Rosco, on a previous episode. Uh, yes. She has done both the hair and the makeup on set for Sue Bryce, and we thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to talk to you, uh, who is another vital piece of the team, uh, about styling for a photo shoot. Sweet. Sounds great. <laughs> so to start it off, and for clarity's sake, can you explain your role as a stylist on set? What is it that you are responsible for? Well, it can vary um, depending on the client, but for Sue and most portrait photographers, um, it it kind of depends on where their wardrobe level is at. So I can either come in and work with the client's wardrobe, I can work with a studio wardrobe, um, or if the client doesn't feel like they have a lot that they want to, uh, that they can choose from, or if there's no st studio wardrobe already there, then I will source the looks um, and usually like meet with either the photographer and the client uh, beforehand and just make sure that everyone feels confident in. Uh, all covering all the sets that we want to cover and feeling good in the the clothing that they're in. So why might a portrait photographer take that extra step and invest in having a stylist for a shoot? Because I think a lot of us, like, we already budget in hair and makeup, but we may not always think to budget in for, like, a wardrobe stylist. Totally, totally. Um, so... I mean, I think, I obviously think there's a lot of value in it. I'm be doing it. But, um, but yeah, it, I mean, it can depend on budget. I understand a lot of people don't necessarily have the resources or the budget to cover all of those. And so I think sometimes, you know, hair and makeup comes first before styling, but um, it's a great, it's a great thing to invest in, um, even if you're not investing in a stylist for a specific shoot, but just to like build a wardrobe. Because, I mean, clothes are so much of the photo. They translate, I think, a lot in how the client or the model feels on set. When you, you know, think about like when you go out and you're in your favorite look or like a cute outfit, like you're going to feel empowered. You're going to feel strong. You're going to feel good about yourself. And that really, I feel like kind of helps bring clients out, especially um, on shoots when they kind of already have those nerves going strong. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like sometimes clients just have, like, I feel like I have two types of clients. I have the type of client that's like already kind of super stylish. That's why they're looking for a shoot like this. They don't need any guidance. They've got like the most fabulous style. And then I have like the clients that are like, I don't have anything to wear. I don't know what's up. I know nothing, <laughs> like, but yeah. make me look fabulous. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and the truth is, you know, I don't, I really, I don't think everyone needs a full-time stylist right off the bat. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of picking and choosing, just like you said. Um, I think there's a lot of people that struggle or maybe feel a little more self-conscious about styling something themselves. And that goes for photographers or the client. Like mm -hmm. I've, you know, some people really love that aspect and playing dress up and I don't, I don't blame them. <laughs> but, um, 
But some people, you know, maybe don't feel like it's their forte or maybe, you know, like I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of male photographers, especially who are just like, I don't really feel comfortable, um, like telling my female clients necessarily what to wear or like helping them dress. Like I don't really know female style as well or, Mm -hmm. um, so it just depends. That, I know, exactly I'm thinking of Kevin. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like, how do I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to determine women's style. You know, I'm not and trying what to name call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like it totally varies. It just varies person to person. So it's, it's determining your comfort level um, or if you want to work on it. Like I also have gone in and helped uh, photographers just build out a wardrobe. Maybe they they can't budget out like having a stylist on every single set. They're like, I just want to like have key pieces here and I don't even know where to start or like getting styling tips themselves so that they can feel confident, like judging on set or stepping in, et cetera. Speaking of that, like when you think about where a photographer should start with a wardrobe, what do you think like the first place makes the most sense to start? Is it getting something super lavish? Is it getting basic pieces? Is it getting fabrics? Like what do you advise people to start with? Um, again, I mean, I think it kind of depends on your your comfort level um, in exploring. So maybe if you're a little shy or you're just like starting out um, with wardrobe and you're not really sure how to do a lot of things, I would say, a good thing I a good exercise I have people do is I think a lot of people do this anyway, but you know, you're scrolling through Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, magazines, like start saving some images that really kind of just draw you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what you like. And I think you can kind of start to pick up on an ongoing theme of some of the things. So like you can use that as a great base to figure out um, building out a studio wardrobe. I always think it's good to start with basics just because basics are basics and you can use them in so many different ways. Um, but, you know, I, I would suggest like, it's, it's always fun to get like a piece, a piece or two that's a little on the extra side as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think everyone um, for the most part, I think people inevitably, even when I have clients that, you know, are set on, I just want this as a branding shoe. I don't really want to do anything glam. And then I think once they get in the studio and start getting a little more comfortable by the end of the shoot, they're like, okay, well, now I kind of want to do something more fun now. So yeah. it's, it's good to have something on hand, I think. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but just a few, like, uh, a few good options. I, I would say you can even get glam options uh, that are kind of basic. Like the infinity dress is a great example of that. Um, oh yeah. I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, that's amazing. Cause it, it looks effortless, but it's still like fairly simple or casual, but you can kind of make it into like whatever you want and it fits a plethora of body types. Um, so it's a really great, a great starter piece, I think. Yeah, I I think like for me, I know when I started building my wardrobe, for me, I I focused on kind of the extra pieces first, just because I felt like, oh, people are spending like, you know, several thousand dollars on the photo shoot. Like, and I maybe this is a wrong mindset, but like my mindset was like, they're not going to spend like $600 on a dress. Although I do find (laughs) the people that like go all out with all the things usually do spend a lot of money on the pictures too but um, <laughs> but it's yeah it's nice because also like you said sometimes people will say they want just the basics and then they see that you have something fabulous and even if they don't wear it on that shoot sometimes they come back for another mm-hmm. shoot to do something yes. a little more fabulous oh my gosh I mean and I love if you don't have a stylist like I usually have everything hung up on a rack on display so it can kind of get the client a little excited beforehand and when they see you know some of the sparkle or you know glam they get a little you know, a twinkle in their eye and you're like, okay, I can see you're open to this now. Uh, but that is a fair point. I think the the lavish things usually people don't have on hand. Um, it's always good, I think, to have just a few basics in the sense of like, if someone, if someone brings something in and maybe they don't have like a key piece to like bring everything together, it's nice to have, you know, a couple maybe bodysuits or uh, tank tops or 
uh, Black Turtleneck is always an iconic classic. I know everyone in in Sue's group yeah. knows that. Um, but yeah, and I think you know a lot of photographers and everyone who um, is in this industry kind of loves that dreamy side of it. So it's you know why not? And an infinity dress is a great way to do that without a lot of commitment, I guess. So they're on a you know they're pretty affordable. You can get them pretty much anywhere. Um, order them online and you can do a lot with them and then I think you can just keep growing it from there. Okay, so just to be sure, for, for all for all the gentlemen out there, I'm just going <laughs> to be sure what the basics are. So we got sweaters, infinity dresses, and um, what else did you just say? <laughs> uh, tank tops. Uh, yeah, tank, I think tank tops are just like you know, even like a tube top or just something really simple. And all of these things, I you can find them online. You can find them at, you know, Nordstrom Rack or Marshalls or uh, Zara or whatever. Um, Amazon but, too. Yeah, yeah, Amazon too. <laughs> all of that. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can go too wrong. I think looking, looking through some images again is a great place to start if you're not really certain, but just, just some key pieces that could be, worn with anything like you can throw them you know you can throw them with some jeans you can throw them with a pencil skirt or like with whatever the client brings in um it's just a good little something so that you have like the bare minimum in case your client comes in and says they have something but maybe they don't have as much as they think they do you know what that's when you're just talking about that it brought me back to a very recent experience I had where um, Sue had suggested a while back, like, I think you guys showed on Amazon some very basic slips and getting them, they're stretchy, getting them in a few sizes and like nude and black. And so I have a few. Mm-hmm. And I did a wardrobe, like styling consultation for this generation's shoot. I thought it was crystal clear about everything that, you know, they were supposed to bring. And it was like a mom, a grandma, and the mom's like in her 50s and then like kind of a Gen Z, like young 20s daughter. And the daughter just didn't bring the dark outfit because she said, oh, I thought we weren't really going to do that because my grandma doesn't like black. And so I just didn't bring anything. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And the mom was like, but I tried to play it cool. I was like, okay. But the mom was like pissed. She was like, why didn't you bring, why didn't you do this? We had this whole conversation, you know, like, and then I just was like, oh, she kind of has like funky style, though. She had like big Chelsea boots and like cool like chain necklaces and I was like I feel like you could just wear this black slip and it would just look like a mini dress you know it's like so nondescript slip dresses are so hard yeah (laughs) that's what I said I was like I feel like this is actually like pretty cool for like a Gen Z girl and she she was like oh yeah I could totally wear this and we clamped it and it totally worked out but it was just funny because like the mom was like so pissed and she's like you need something black you need to wear one of her tool dresses and I could just tell like looking at this girl I was like no, this girl's not, not wearing like a tool dress. Like that's just yeah. not going to work for her. But it, the slip, like it. yeah, the slip like saved the day. You know, so it just like goes to show. Sometimes you really do need to have a little basic. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it happens all the time where people, you know, think they brought something and they forgot it at home on the hanger or whatever. Um, so it, it's just good to have those basics. I, and I will say uh, to that point, having. Having slips is very nice. Just anything versatile that you can throw in last minute in case those mistakes happen because they inevitably always do. And then I also, I always, always have um, an array of skin tones uh, in slips or like bandeaus, which for anyone who doesn't know are just basically like a little scrunchy like tube top bra. And they're just great you know, they're great to go under things. Um, and the same with, uh, same with pasties as well. Like always have them in multiple skin tones, just on hand. You never know. Um, you know, same thing with underwear in case you're ever doing thing a little more, like a little more boudoir or risque. Like it's just always good to have those very basic options on there. Obviously underwear, if anyone's wearing that, you're sending them home with it. But yeah. um, <laughs> just, just to clarify, I'm not telling you to reuse that. <laughs> yeah, it's but like those, Oprah, you get a panty, you get a panty. <laughs> everyone gets them. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I mean, like those are just little things, but they're, they can make, you know, 
they can make an outfit, <laughs> make or break. Uh, and sometimes it's those little things that that people just, you know, it slips their mind before a shoot. There's a lot to be thinking about. And those are kind of the things that can fall between the cracks sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And especially like, I like that you mentioned pasties and like those little, like you said, those bandeau bras, which like that brand takes me back to, I don't know, 15 years ago or something when I could right. wear them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, like, I've had clients forget strapless bras so many times. So it's just, yeah, it's just a reminder, like, yeah, if you don't have anything for them. I think also, I still haven't bought this, but I remember Bethany Tubman Joe's, like, shouted out this brand, Mrs. Kisses, which is, like, some weird, like, plunging. So you could wear, like, a gown with, like, a plunging or backless neckline bra. And I've always, like, I always, it's one of those things I keep meaning to get, but I forget to get. So... Just pro tip. I remember that too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great. You know, I and it's good having just like a base styling kit. Like that's something even for um, like editorial shoots or commercial shoots that I'm always bringing with me. Like I always have my safety pins. I always have my like little mini dress clamps. I always have fashion tape in case you keep having wardrobe malfunctions. You can mm-hmm. just you know slap some tape on there. <laughs> Not slap. Be very gentle. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you about fabric as well, because I remember at the Portrait Masters Conference, not this recent shootout, although maybe you did it there too. I was just so busy. Um, but at the the last like big conference, you did a lot of like uh, fabric styling. And that's something that I still get really intimidated by. And I never know where to buy fabric, how much fabric to buy, what the best type of fabric is, you know? So I was wondering if you could just give us a little rundown about incorporating fabrics in your studio wardrobe. Absolutely. Um, So I actually have some big plans for 2022. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe. Are we going to get an exclusive like we did with Caitlin last week? (laughs) You you just may be. Um, so I, I do have some plans to be bringing out some tutorials on my website um, and and potentially a little shop so that you guys have like a one-stop shop for all this stuff because I, I do get a lot of questions about this. But draping, I feel like, is... <laughs> I feel like it's a step beyond what an infinity dress can do, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's so versatile. um, And I just, I love it. And I love that you can kind of like tap into your creativity with it. It does seem daunting at first, but um, I mean, basically all it is for those that weren't at Portrait Masters or have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. (laughs) It's, uh, it's basically just a couple yards of fabric of your choosing um, draped on the client uh, I use those like super industrial little mini, they're like mini C clamps and you get them at like Home Depot or Lowe's um, for dirt cheap. But I use those to just clamp them onto a model and kind of like create these editorial or um, red carpet-esque looks uh, on the spot. And they're, it's nice for a few reasons. So first of all, you have this one-time purchase that can lead to literally endless styles, um, fitting any body type, any person. Um, you can, you can kind of pick and choose if you like have a dress that you, or you have a way of wrapping it that you want and you're like, Oh, but you know, it would be so much nicer in this color. And you're like, Oh, well I can just literally drape it in that color fabric. And there you go. You have it in however many colors of fabric you have. Um, so it seems intimidating. I would say, um, if you were wanting to try this prior to my shop launch, uh, a great way to kind of practice is I would say getting a minimum of a minimum of four to six yards of fabric, I feel like is what I work on with ad on average. Um, okay. I would say lean to the longer side, the more you want for like throwing, but you can always just get an extra piece of fabric and like throw it in behind them or whatever. Um, so it's just a couple yards of fabric. And then again, like how this started, um, for me is I actually grew up, my, my grandma growing up just had like boxes and boxes of excess fabric in her attic and she would let us, you know, play in them and we would wrap each other. And then I kind of just kept doing that as I got older for, um, for various things. And it, 
it's funny now that it's such an integral part of my job. Um, but yeah, you can just save some images. Like I love going on Instagram and looking at red carpet looks or celebrity looks or different designers. And, you know, I, I often see a lot of like drapey flowy things where I'm like, I think I could rig something like this. Um, and I always recommend practicing it beforehand, especially, you know, if you're not feeling like confident in it, it's great to just, you know, I'll invite one of my girlfriends over and, you know, be like, I'll give you a glass of wine if you just <laughs> let me <laughs> wrap you in this and trust me for a moment. Or um, if you have a mannequin or a dress form, that's another great way to just kind of practice beforehand so you can feel confident in what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a trust exercise, I think a little bit, Um it's good to practice beforehand and then like have some reference images to show client. I think sometimes people can be like a little intimidated by being wrapped on the spot. So I think if you just, you know, kind of read the room accordingly, but it's, it's a great way to get a lot of extravagant uh, formal looks for very, very cheap. That's really cool. Yeah. This is something that I've, I, I really admire it and yet I don't trust myself to like be able to do because I just personally don't identify with being like crafty. (laughs) (laughs) And it's totally okay. I I mean, it might not be something for everyone. You can always hire me to do it. Yes. (laughs) But, um, But if it is something that interests you, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of basic looks. I think it looks a lot harder than it is. And it's just, it's one of those things, which is why I'm um, in the process of making some, some quick little guided tutorials on how to do it. Um, and I do, I have, I have a few on my, um, on my IGTV, I believe too, if you want to look at it. There's, there's some that are a lot simpler than you think, but uh, it's just, you know, it's a fun way to practice and to kind of like see what styles look good on people. I think even if you're not doing it on a client, it's kind of fun to just uh, get a hang of what looks good on different body types, on different skin tones, um, for different poses even, you know. And that's the great thing about draping and about photo shoots is that it really only needs to look good from one angle, if we're being mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> so I have a lot, you know, when I do that on set, especially for Sue, you know, there's a lot of just like reclamping or, you know, I, I'm i not one to tell to tell a client that a photographer will like be fine with editing anything out. But if you're fine with like editing it out, out a clamp in the back, then, you know, there's a, there's a lot to work with there. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, this is something that I'm excited that you have tutorials coming down the pipeline. No pressure on that, but. (laughs) No, I'm excited too. It's it's making it feel more real, like saying it out loud to people. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) As a guy, I'm sitting here saying, thank God for tutorials. Cause I don't know. (laughs) Truly, truly. (laughs) Kevin, like, I was just wondering, like, does this like kind of overwhelm you as like a dude photographer when you hear all this is it like excite you would you need to hire someone you know um for me I'm actually excited I kind of do I I'm interested in fashion it's one of the reasons why I'm interested in Sue is all the beautiful dresses and everything that she has in it so seeing everything in Sue's shots I'm like that's stunning but I don't know how to achieve that and the idea that there's potentially tutorials out there um, especially from people who have worked with Sue, is really exciting for me to like, oh my God, this is awesome. I can achieve the same looks that I'm seeing within our SBE community. Uh, and, you know, I can have that for myself. So not not scared, but just more like sweet. Finally. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's, it's nice because I think going back again, you know, not everyone has access to a stylist. Not everyone lives in a town where they have, you know, a, a bunch of malls or shops where they can go and get kind of more extravagant looks, um, especially if you're working on a budget. I mean, we all know that starting your own business takes a lot of time and money. So um, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, it's it's another little uh tactic to to learn or put a little bit of time into but I think it goes a long way um and can really add a lot to the client experience yeah for sure and Kevin one thing I was gonna say too is like I don't know if you've seen all these but 
Sue also, when she first started creating all the videos for Sue Brace Education, I feel like now they're like deep cuts, but there are a lot of like styling videos. If you do look under styling on the website, I remember like when I opened my studio way back in the day, I like made a tool skirt from her. Well, actually, that's a lie. My mother-in-law, I outsourced to my mother-in-law who sews, but I like gave her Sue's instructions for that. And there was like that black wrap, which is sort of like almost a precursor to the infinity dress, I want to say, in the sense of like... Oh, there is the the black sash. Yeah, the black sash. And then there's like, um, there's one on like making little headpieces that I I made it. I made a crafty attempt. I don't know that it worked out the way I wanted to. It broke after a few shoots, but I did make a crafty attempt once. So for anyone listening to, um, just so you know, there are resources if you want to get started right now with like yeah. styling. And there are, um, I did do an infinity dress tutorial on um on SBE a while back. So I remember that too. If you type in draping, (laughs) draping or infinity dress, um, there's a bunch of, a bunch of looks already on there. Uh, yeah, see, you can get, you can get going right away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just like to point that out because you know, the holidays are coming. Maybe people have a little slowdown for a few weeks in their business and they want to get creative at home. You know, that could be, those are some fun videos that I think some of them are quite, you know, old in the sense that they came out a few years ago. And there's so much new content that comes out all the time that if you just joined the membership recently, you might not even know they exist <laughs> on, the, on the website. Truly. Uh, <laughs> hidden, hidden gems. I know. <laughs> there are a lot of hidden gems <laughs> in SVE. So you pointed out, we pointed out that um, the, the, the basics for women's wardrobe, but... What are the things that a photographer can have, like, in their toolkit? Um, what are the most important things that they might not realize they need while on set? So I think first and foremost is the little mini C-clamps I was talking about earlier. You can get them in bulk at Home Depot or, like, any department um home renovation store like that. They are small and so freaking mighty. Uh, they're just great. I, I mean, for draping, obviously I use them, but you can use them for literally anything. I mean, if you are clamping, you know, uh, fabric in the background, you can clamp, uh, you can clamp clothes a little tighter so that they just fit better. You can help stop wardrobe malfunctions. If someone's straps keep falling down, you can p- clamp the straps together in the back. So those are great. Um, and then again, I think the pasties are a big one, um, just for like a level of comfortability in case you get anything a little too sheer. Uh, and then safety pins and fashion tape are the other two big, big, big helpers, as well as a little like handheld steamer and a lint roller. (laughs) So those are like the basics that I always, always, always have with me on hand. Um, and they save the day a lot. Um, we are starting to get questions. We've got questions today, people. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to see if, Danya, it looks like you're on stage and you were the first one here. Um, if you, I don't see your mic icon. So if you're able to unmute yourself and ask your question. Uh, can you hear me? Hello? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. So it was not on mute. That's why. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you for doing this clubhouse. Um, So my question is, um, how do you go about determining what colors look good on uh, different people with like uh, their skin tones and then undertones? And the reason why I ask is I came across somebody on Instagram who's also a stylist and she had like these strips of colors um categorized in like warm colors or cool co- cool colors and then she would put the strip on and the strip has lots of different colors on it and she would put them on the client and then let the client actually see for themselves that okay these colors look good on you or these not so much and then you know so that that was really cool to see also for the client that you know okay so I should go with these colors in the future type of thing when I'm like you know picking out Uh, redesigning my wardrobe or whatever so 
but it seemed very complicated and like you have to be kind of like a master at color theory, which I am not for sure. So I was just wondering if you have any tips or any tools um, that would determine what colors look good on different skin tones and um, depending on their undertones as well. Absolutely. Um, no, that's a really good question. So you, I, it's another thing that feels intimidating, but I always like, you don't have to memorize this stuff right off the bat. Like I think kind of just practicing it and going with the flow. And then if you ever forget what it is, I mean, Google always helps. Like you can pull up like very simplified charts of this. I did this a lot when I first um, started freelancing a, a while a while back and I was trying to to memorize all of this so that I could sound technical <laughs> but it kind of just depends on their skin tones I don't think that as a photographer you should necessarily have to have like the strips of fabric but that is a, a cool thing to help clients understand or like practice um, again on on your friends or family or yourself uh, so typically colors for warm skin tones like you want to have warm undertones matching. So they it, it's kind of like complementing each other. A lot of like honeys and olives and corals and creams um, look good on the white or on the warm skin tones. Um, and then like more cool skin tones, you're going to go the cooler side. So like cream is the warmer version of white so it looks better on a warmer skin tone whereas white is a more cool undertone so it looks better on a more cool uh, skin undertone if that makes sense um and it's really like people who have uh neutral skin tones which uh, an easy way to tell this by the way this is also how makeup artists can figure out what someone's undertones are if you look at the veins in your wrist um, so if you're looking at the veins in your wrist and they are both green, green or blue and purple, that means you have neutral skin tones. It means you have both kind of warm and cool, which is kind of great because that kind of means that most colors will look boss on you. <laughs> um, and then if your, if your, uh, veins are more of a uh, purple, that means you have like warmer skin tones versus if it's green, that is more cool. So that's a good little cheat sheet. Um, again, there's like a lot of uh, there's a lot of cheat sheets that can help remind you of that. It, um, just out on the internet, if you Google like skin tone charts or like how to tell your undertones, because um, sometimes it's just hard to retain that information when you're not using it like every single day. But yeah, I think just a- another good way to to do it is if you can get maybe like a test shoot model in that has each skin tone and just kind of play around with colors. Um, and you can kind of go from there and see, see the difference. I'm wondering, Kenzie, if you feel like the backdrop color also should like correspond with the, maybe the models undertones. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, all of this is guided, by the way. Like, I do think, you know, it's one of those things where you know the rules so you can break them. Because um, it's it's not a hard law that, like, you can't wear cool if X, Y, Z. But, you know, depending on, yeah, depending on the backdrop, depending on hair color, it can it can feel a little bit overwhelming. I would say I try to typically, in the same way that you would, like, coordinate an outfit with the backdrop. So you're coordinating what outfit looks good on your model or client based on their skin tones, their undertones, um, et cetera, maybe their branding. Um, So find something that looks and feels good on the client, I think, first and foremost, because that is going to show on their face and translate in the images. And then match the undertone of the backdrop accordingly. So it's great to keep cool on cool tones, warm on worn tones, if that makes sense. I love that. Um, we also have a question from Mercedes. So Mercedes, if you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Hi, everybody. Hey. Um, so, <laughs> so my question is, um, Kenzie, is it, because um, I know um, you mentioned that you you do provide services like on a um, personal consultation. Is this something you can do um like via Zoom, um, 
by looking at pictures or actually having to talk to the, like the like a client or do you have to see them in person or you know like I again I'm also one of those photographers that are I'm just not that great at like styling and I love how um uh, Kevin you said you know how Sue and, and the photos and the experience we had at Portrait Masters and I loved it you know and I want to be able to recreate that for my clients um one I don't have that confidence yet um, cause like, again, I, I, my colors are gray, white, and black, um, because, you know, I'm, I'm not that comfortable with mixing colors or wearing the wrong thing. Um, so I'm looking for help, um, you know, to like help Absolutely. style my clients. Um, so is it something you can provide or is it something that, you know, like I can reach out and like maybe Google a stylist even in, cause I'm in Chicago. I just need to educate myself. Um, we, yeah, no, we, we got you. I, I think definitely it's, again, it's one of those things that I think it just comes, you become more confident or more comfortable around it in time. And with either watching a stylist or, you know, saving images and practicing on friends or at home, but absolutely. Um, also, there's nothing wrong with classic black, white, and neutrals. Like those are always chic, so don't, don't undersell it, (laughs) but absolutely. I do offer, um, online styling consultations, uh, for a number of photographers. Uh, You can always, uh, reach out to me, uh, via Instagram or my email, which is on my website, which is in my bio on Instagram. (laughs) And, uh, we can set, a whatever works best. But typically what I do for portrait photographers is they will tack me on as like an option on their packages to their clients. So if they want a stylist or if you don't ever want to have to worry about styling and just like want to have me on every time, we can work that out too. So how I work that, um, anyone can do it. It's all remote, which is Great for a number of reasons, I think, especially with the pandemic right now, kind of keeping down the number of people in the room is nice and brings some comfort to people. Um, And also, it means that you don't have to live in LA. So what happens is I will just talk with you or whoever the photographer is beforehand. They'll give me a quick rundown if they have any reference images or what what type of sets they're going to be shooting, if it's like natural light or silhouette or you name it. Um, and then I will connect with the client and we will, depending on what platform they have, we can Zoom, we can Skype, we can FaceTime, um, something virtual. I'll hop on a video call with them. And depending on the package that they purchased, I can either work from their wardrobe and I will just go through their closet with them um, and keeping your reference images and sets in mind, I will help create a set amount of looks for them to bring on set. Um, And, you know, for in addition to that, if depending on what they're looking for, I can either send them a list of things to go out and shop for to like bring it all together or if they just don't have anything um, sometimes that's the case. Um, or I can do remote styling for them. So I can send them specific links to things to buy or do like a, a package. Um, if you are in LA, I'm willing to do the personal shopping and styling myself. And then it's just like a drop off day of and pick up day after. That's so cool, Kenzie. Um <laughs> One question I had, it's kind of related, but a little slight jump off topic. Have you ever had an instant maybe where you were helping as a stylist on set where a client brought stuff in and you're just like, oh my, like it's just, (laughs) it's it's just not maybe like in your taste. You know, for me, this is, uh, happened multiple times with corsets in a specific Halloween shade of purple or teal Mm. where I'm just like, oh no, (laughs) what costume shot was this brought? It's just, it's so um, not my taste. Um, So how do you go about if someone has something, do you try to elevate it? Are there little tricks to make something look more chic? Do you try to talk them out of it? Or do you just say, hey, that's their style. I'm going to run with it, which like 
spoiler, that's kind of what I do because I don't want to make anyone feel bad. But <laughs> in my head, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. It, it kind of depends on how I think how attached to it the client is, I guess. <laughs> so there's there's definitely been instances where clients come in and they really like they're like, I brought this in specifically for this shoot. I'm so excited. And you're like, okay, I can tell you're not going to be letting go of this one anytime soon. <laughs> so, so you know, sometimes I think there's definitely like if that's the case, maybe you can style it so that it's a little more chic or I mean I I hate to say it, but I'll say it. Sometimes you can kind of work with it depending on like the pose. You can, I don't want to say like hide it, but mm, you know, maybe like cover, if it's a corset that has like weird appliques on it or something, maybe you can kind of hide Yeah, like a tummy pose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Or just a little more close up so you're not really like dealing with the whole, (laughs) the whole thing in your face. But um, so, you know, you can throw things in there, I think for a couple shots to appease the client if their heart's really set on it. It is... It is their call. If it's something they feel confident in, I don't necessarily want to stop them from having that moment. But I do find that if you have um, if you have a few backup options like available, if you have like a better course, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's great. That just reminded me of this course that, that I have. Like, what do you think of this? And then I feel like, you know. <laughs> Sometimes, um, I don't mean this in a, in a condescending way. I hope this doesn't come across like that. But sometimes I kind of talk to clients or treat clients like how I would, you know, you know how if like a kid falls down and they kind of like look at you on like how to respond. And it's like, if, you, <laughs> if you're like, oh no, are you okay? They start crying. And if you're like, oh, yeah. you're fine. They're like, fine. It's kind of that same tactic where I'm like, if i if I feel confident and really upsell something to them that I know is going to work, they're going to trust me as the professional. Whether you're a stylist or not, as a photographer, they're like, oh, you know what looks good. Like, and I think a lot of people really just kind of want someone to tell them what to, what to wear. So, you know, if, if someone feels confident, I just try to like really upsell it. Like, like oh my gosh, this, like, this just reminded me of this corset, which would look amazing with your eyes or like, I just think you could pull it off so well, like, or it matches your brand or like, I really, you know, there's a lot of like little key phrases that I think you can do to kind of just like sway them into at least trying them, trying something on. um, Yeah. And kind of veering it. Or I like to, you know, sometimes at the, at the beginning of the session, I usually, you know, go through a rack with the client and be like, all right, so we have, you know, maybe we have four sets and we have like six or eight outfits. So I know we're not going to be able to get through all of them. And then sometimes I'll put in that key piece that they like that I'm not stoked about, but we we might not actually get to it at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a few subtle ways to to do it without, you know, being like, oh, that's ugly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think that's a good little, you know, sneaky tactic that's still honest because you are trying to make them look their best but sometimes it is inevitable (laughs) yeah for sure for sure and like for me too sometimes I'll change the photos black and white if it's usually it's the color of the outfit that's like I feel like there's certain like colors that are a little garish if they're wrong and for me those colors are purple and teal and every once in a while red if it's the wrong shade of red Um, I feel like those colors can be very chic or very wrong <laughs> and it's a yeah, fine line <laughs> absolutely it it can border between costume or campy really quick i know exactly what you mean <laughs> yeah or like super fashion chic or, so yeah. it's just like like lady gaga at who i'm obsessed with at the house of gucci premiere like where that purple chiffon thing if anyone hasn't seen these pictures go instagram them that was like chic purple but i have seen purple go wrong so many times so absolutely absolutely (laughs) and sometimes you just don't know until you try it on or pair it with the right thing too so it it kind of depends but i feel like you can talk your clients out of it being that you are the professional i feel like there's um there's a lot of unspoken trust that is there with that kind of those kind of things and suggestions. Yes. Kevin, I wanted to check in with you again. Like, what no questions do you have for Kels- uh, Kenzie? Because I feel like um, I feel like this is probably all different from your perspective. 
It is to to a small extent, but I'm you know listening and like oh okay you know jot that down jot that down. Um, <laughs> so when you work with a client, obviously every photographer is different. Everyone has their own looks, their own image, what they want their end goal for their um, portfolio products, I guess, or not even portfolio, but what their end result for their their look is. So when you're creating a wardrobe for a shoot. Are you t- and you're building um, the wardrobe? Are you taking the photographer's brand into consideration when you're doing this? Maybe they work with specific colors, or are you more working with the client's closet and what they feel they want and and what makes them feel best? So it's a little bit of both, really. Um, I mean, some it just kind of depends on. <laughs> The, the photographer. I think with, with client work, it tends to be geared more towards the client rather than the photographer because they're the ones paying for the images. But if it's a hired model, it's absolutely for the photographer 100%. But that, that isn't to say that, you know, if, if a photographer has a very niche style or aesthetic, I, I always try to keep that in mind. Um, and it is, it's really helpful. That's why even with the online styling consultations, it's great to just you know, get a little text thread going or have a phone call with the photographer beforehand just to to kind of see what their vision is for the shoot. Um, because usually the photographer knows the client as well um, or has talked to them to a degree about what they're looking for. Um, so it's definitely navigating within what the client has in their closet. But um, if they're willing to go out and shop or if I'm sourcing some things or if they have a studio wardrobe to work with, I I absolutely try to to gear it towards the vibe, the overall vibe that they're wanting. Going back to the studio wardrobe thing for a second, I have two questions. Mm-hmm. One is, do you try to get different pieces in like a range of sizes? Do you go for kind of that concept of get a bigger size, kind of like a bridal salon and clamp it down for the tinier people? Like how do you create a, a wardrobe that's inclusive? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I think, so I always err on the side of larger. I like to have a few, I feel like it's the middle sizes that I usually neglect, which I feel like is the opposite. I feel like people tend to assume that you would get like a middle range size because it could, you know, you could squeeze someone into it a little bit or you could like clamp someone into it a little bit. But I feel like if I find a really good piece and Granted, it's affordable enough. I will buy two of them, and one is usually like on this like extra small side, and then another one is on the larger side. So that way, you know, I I don't think there's anything worse than getting a client or someone on set and trying to squeeze them into something that's too small, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with especially with clients, because you know a lot of the times. As a stylist and photographer, you're working with people who have, you know, kind of some insecurities. I mean, don't we all? Insecurities (laughs) or body dysmorphia or just places, things they're really self-conscious about. So it's nice to to make sure you always have um, large enough options because you can always like leave a zipper undone or you can clamp someone in. But um, I, I like to make sure that I have a range for both that are that are very fashionable because I think it's it's easy, especially with um, curvier models, to kind of just get cheap stuff or like you know you see a lot of cute things in small sizes sometimes I guess yeah and, and yeah, not so I much agree. in large so I think just finding some really good pieces on both ends of the spectrum and you can always meet in the middle with either one of those um, and that that's. That's how I work um, until I can just slowly keep building it out and adding more. Uh, I just want to be sure for because I know women's uh, wardrobe goes by numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. As a guy, I don't really deal with those numbers too often, like size 2, 4, 8, 10, 12, 16. What numbers-wise would you say that you're looking at when you say a larger size or a uh, sm- smaller size? <laughs> so... That's a little bit of a loaded question because I'm sure, as most women know, women's sizing varies so much depending on the brand, uh, which is an annoying thing to deal with until you just kind of like get familiar with your brand. So what I do is the the average 
client, the average woman in the U.S., I think, is a size like, um, what is it, 14, 16 or 14, 18 to 18. Um, and that's in dress sizes. Uh, and so I, tr- I try to go, like, that is my middle ground. So I try to have things on both ends of the, s- the spectrum. So anything from, I would say, like, for my smaller clients, it would be an extra... Um, an extra small to like, which would equate to like a probably two. Yeah, it's like a two. Um, yeah, two. So two four is the smaller side, um, and then I would say on the larger side, I don't know. I've I've done everything up to like a size twenty two. Um, it it depends on the type of clients that you're getting. I mean, I think you can kind of assess like the the basic size range of the clients that are coming in. You know, if you're not getting a lot of like super petite models, then maybe you don't invest in the smaller sizes right away. If you're not getting a lot of curvy models, then maybe you you stick to a size like, you know, um, 18 or whatnot. But <laughs> I, I feel like that's not a very helpful answer. That is, I will say, one of the hardest jobs of a stylist is, um, and, and why fittings are such a big thing is just because... <laughs> You kind of never know until you get things on the client. So I always over, I always over pull for a shoot, and this can go for, you know, if you're just working from studio war- wardrobe, I will pull a lot more than I think I need because chances are you're probably going to have a few things in there that aren't going to fit or don't work or don't look, you know, quite what you envisioned on. Um, so I think it's a thing. It's between over pulling and then. If you're not sure on the sizing, I'd say go up a size because you can always easily clamp. Yeah, I think that's really helpful advice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, wish, I wish we would get on the same page about making everything universal sizes, but um, that's not the case yet. <laughs> I wanted to squeeze one more question in about studio wardrobe in terms of like, well, this might be a little self-interested because I have a small studio, but I think a lot of people from feedback that I've gotten in the group also have small studios and it can get kind of hard because for example, for me, it's like a kind of a hoarder when it comes to my wardrobe. Like I don't want to get rid of stuff. I love it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But then I have a small, I don't have the space Sue has. I don't have room for anything more than one, like one rack. And I also don't have like a huge palace that I live in either. So it's not like I can store it at home. So it's like, how does someone as they're building their wardrobe, maybe time's gone on, how can you assess like, what should you keep? What should you get rid of? How could you like call through it periodically to kind of feel like you have the best wardrobe for your business at any given moment? Yeah, I'm glad you asked this because it reminded me of one of my favorite hacks. Um, So I have this problem too, you know, I live in LA in a studio apartment and, you know, my my inventory takes up like most of my closet. So I'm constantly trying to refresh things. I think it's a combination. You can kind of Marie Kondo it. I think it's good to like every once in a while, whatever feels right to you, whether it's every like couple months or whatnot, once a year maybe, I like to just pull out everything so that I can see everything that I have. Um, And, you know, I'll go through and I'll just assess based off of, you know, maybe some pieces are worn out and they don't look very good anymore and I'm just holding on to them for sentimental value. Then it's probably time to let them go. um, Save you some some post work too. Uh, So I, I pull out things that maybe I've just used a bunch and I'm like, all right, I feel like everyone's seen this, you know, it's time to move on. Um, Or maybe some things that like I thought that I would use that I ended up never using or, mm-hmm. or just like out of out of style. So, you know, I it's kind of similar to when you're cleaning out your own closet. Like, all right, have I I know I love this, but like have I actually used it in the last year? No. Okay. Well, I'm terrible time. at that. <laughs> me, you know, and this is me preaching to the choir. Like sometimes I need to take my own advice. <laughs> but I think it's good to just see everything. And then it's kind of nice because you can also, when you are going through everything, you kind of get reminded or you're like, see things in a different light, you know, maybe with new trends that come out, you're like, oh, maybe I can mix and match these. So seeing if there's pieces that I can maybe use differently than they're initially intended, like 
you know, sometimes I think Portrait Masters was a great example of this. Like, Sue's mom knitted this beautiful, like, infinity scarf, which is basically just, like, a tube, like, a knit tube. (laughs) Um, And she brought it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I kind of want that as a dress. So, you know, it's stretchy enough. We just, like, slipped it on as a tube dress and, like, strung a necklace through the, like, the loose knit hoops and kind of made it, like, this halter slinky dress. Um, And that was really fun. And, you know, we hadn't – that had been sitting there for a while. We didn't use scarves as much because it seemed a little more seasonal, but it turned it into something new. So it's a good time to, like, play around with what you have and see maybe what new things you can make out of – old stuff. Um, and then my other favorite thing that makes me feel better about letting things go is if you have any um, any thrift stores in your area, like uh, for example, in Los Angeles, and I know these are other states too, we have a lot of crossroads or like Buffalo Exchange. Um, and, you know, it can be hit or miss when you're trying to like go get money for things uh, uh for your wardrobe, you know, some places are bougier and pickier about it than others, but I love going into Crossroads and just bringing in all my old wardrobe and then they'll either, you know, switch it out for cash or for like a store credit discount and then mm-hmm. usually I'll just go bring in all my stuff. They'll give me store credit and then I'll like either go shopping right then and get some new pieces that I'm more excited about or, you know, and you can kind of like keep changing stuff out that way pretty easily without having to keep putting money into it. It's just a little bit more sustainable. Um, And you can also do programs like Rent the Runway. Like if you're like, I have no storage space, like there's a lot of great trunk programs that you can kind of hand select from or rent pieces from or even costume shops. It's a great thing to like Google local local costume places because sometimes you can rent really cool like robes or... um, gowns or things that are just maybe a little extra that you might only use for one shoot and you don't really want to invest in. Um, So there's a lot of great options like that. And then I think another storage solution, literally, if you're like, okay, that's great, but I really don't want to get rid of anything. Um, I think buying, buying those stacked uh, like clear bins from the container store or Amazon or anywhere Um, And you can really, like, compress what you have by just not having it hanging on a rack all the time. Um, Mm. So this does mean that you will probably spend a little bit more time steaming, but I feel like we're doing that anyway, if we're being honest. (laughs) So I I like to have those. And then I did this for Sue's Sue's studio wardrobe because it, you know, she has an amazing array of, of wardrobe to choose from, but you can't have all that out all the time and you don't need it out all the time. So... I went and got those bins and we just got like a rack that lived in the back of the studio behind, um, you know, behind the backdrop. So they were, it was still a functional space, um, but you go around these backdrops and you have this like wall of stacked bins that are just, you know, labeled by what's in there. Um, If you're a little neurotic like me, I made like a little Google Doc that had a picture of everything in the bin so I knew where to find it. Oh, that's um, yeah, which is also great because then you can kind of like work on remote styling if you're like traveling for the holidays or whatever, or you're just, you know, gone, but you're like, oh, I need, I wonder what would work for this shoot, but I don't really have time to like plan it. You can just like pull out your phone and piece things together. Um, so I, I do that by, uh, by size and by, Color is usually like the easiest way to like keep things organized so you know where it is, but it's not like taking over your space. That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, Chansey, we have hit the one hour mark and it has been an absolute pleasure having you on with us. Um, But we do call it here. Before we let you go, though, if you can please let us know where your your socials are. Oh yeah, thanks for having me guys. Um it so my Instagram is Kenzo Official. That's K-E-N-Z-O and then official. So two O's in there. Um and then my website is just my name, Kenzie Olds, K-E-N-Z-I-E-O-L-D-S dot com. Um and yeah, if you guys have any questions, you can always feel free to just, you know, send me a DM. Um 
or email me about online styling consultations or anything like that, the tutorials. Um, and that's a good way to keep posted with all that stuff I mentioned at the beginning of the chat that'll be coming out in the new year. Oh, awesome. Uh, everyone, please be sure to go follow Kenzie and also make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Uh, be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with the Clubhouse interviews at suebriceeducation.com forward slash blog. You can also follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can uh, find me there as poplight underscore photography. Uh, if you are a member of Sue Bryce Education and you have any more questions for Kenzie, Ashley, or myself, go tag us in a post in the SBE members only Facebook. Uh, and if you are not a member of Sue Bryce Education, if you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, please email Ella at support at SueBriceEducation.com. Thank you for joining us and we hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.